What's up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly podcast. I'm your host, Olin Stewart, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. Uh, first things first, I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart. We are now officially over 100 subscribers. Let's go. And as a result, I will be running a contest. All you have to do to be a part of that contest or rather enter that contest is like this video, comment on this video as well as future videos until the contest ends. And uh, there's no, no maximum on how many times you can enter. So comment away, make sure you like the videos and you have to be subscribed to the channel with notifications turned on. So pretty easy, pretty straightforward. And the winner of this contest will be announced in the next three weeks. That person will receive an MMA anomaly piece of swag, probably like a t-shirt of some sort, um, maybe a sticker. We'll see. Now, in this episode, I will be sticking to my top four fights from the main card from UFC 278. And starting off, we had Tyson Pedro going up against Hunsucker, the legendary heavyweight. Um, in, in all reality, this was uh, realistically a great comeback fight for Tyson Pedro. Good chance for him to kind of get, get back on the saddle again, really get comfortable in the octagon. And he did that. He wasted zero time. Jumped into the first round, just stunning his opponent with a jab right away. And to begin the finishing sequence, he actually lit him up with a jab as well. He landed a hard jab on Hunsucker, and from there he didn't let up. He ended up landing a front kick to the body that completely immobilized and dropped Hunsucker. Followed up with some peppering shots. The ref had to jump in and stop the fight. Now, as much as I love seeing Tyson Pedro run through people, which is fantastic because I like Tyson Pedro. He's a great fighter. He's a great guy. I would really, really appreciate it if they paired him against somebody that's top 15 or at least close to the top 15. Personally, I think he matches up well against the likes of Jimmy Crute or Johnny Walker. I think both of those guys have had losses in recent years and Tyson Pedro is on the way up while they're somewhat on the way down. I think it would be a really, really great fight for all men involved if he were to get paired up against either of those two. Now, in this next fight, we had Jose Aldo going in against Mirab Davalishvili. Um, in the first round, Jose Aldo looked incredible. He looked super crisp. He was landing with volume. He was landing good strikes. Um, he actually had more of a traditional tie stance, which was nice, considering he's been training with the uh, Navy boxing team over there in Brazil. So I expected him to come out and be very boxing heavy, but he utilized his legs. He utilized his footwork. He, he was utilizing all aspects of the game and actually negating the takedowns from Mirab pretty much throughout the entire duration of the fight for the most part. But in rounds two and three, Mirab found keys to victory when he realized he could lean on Jose and somewhat immobilize him and land peppering shots that weren't really doing damage, but they were adding up. They were points on the board. And when you don't have much else to judge off of because the other opponent is immobilized, those points are going to add up and win the fight. That's what we saw happen with Marab Dewalishvili. And uh, great on him. Was it the fight that us fans really hoped to see? Not really. I personally wanted to see more action from both men. But we didn't get that. And sometimes that's what happens. Styles make fights. Now, what's next for Jose Aldo? I heard a lot of talk of you know people saying he's gone, he's he's past due, he, he needs to retire, he needs to hang him up, etc. I completely disagree with those sentiments. I think that Jose Aldo is still an incredible fighter and can still make a run for the title. He does, however, need to switch camps and not to a striking camp, right? Like he, he came from Novo now, who, in my opinion, is a very striking heavy camp. And then he went to the Navy boxing gym. And I mean, he again, striking to striking to striking. You're a world-class striker already, Jose Aldo. We need you to improve your wrestling and grappling game so that way you don't end up getting clinched against the fence for the entirety of the fight like you did in this one. A 
opponent-wise, I don't really know who I'd like to see Jose Aldo fight, but I know I'd like to see him fight again. Now, when it comes to Marab Dabalashvili, it's kind of an interesting situation, right? He's really close friends with the current champion of his weight class and their training partners, and they've already said that they're not going to fight each other. Now, if that's the case, if he's not willing to fight his friend in Aljamain Sterling, then he's going to end up having to fight down the division because the people above him are already pretty much all scheduled to fight. So for me, there are three possible names that make sense for a Marab Dabalashvili fight if he's unwilling to fight the champion Aljamain Sterling. Those names, those names are Ricky Simone, Rob Font, and Corey the Sandman Sanhagen. Um, I think all three of those fighters would probably love the chance to fight a Marab, and I don't see why Marab wouldn't want to fight them if he's not willing to fight the current champion. Again, great things to comment on if you're trying to enter that contest. Comment below. Let me know who you'd like to see these guys fight. In the next fight, we had a true battle of the ages in Luke Rockhold versus Paolo Costa. Luke Rockhold went out there and just left it all on the canvas. Just blood, sweat, and grit. He, he forced himself to stay up when most men realistically would have went down. The elevation was very obviously a problem for him as well as tons of other fighters on the card. And the fact that he hasn't stepped foot in the octagon since, what, 2019? Probably played a pretty big factor as well. He went in there against an absolute monster of a man in Paolo Costa. And he stood across from him, and not only was he willing to walk through the fire and receive damage, but he was throwing damage and landing damage up until the final bell. Throughout this fight, there were numerous times where Luke Rockhold's body looked like it absolutely wanted to give out on him, whether it was due to absorbing damaging strikes from his opponent, or whether it was having to deal with the elevation of Salt Lake City. Throughout the second round, Luke Rockhold at points put his hands on his hips, he put his hands on his knees, squatting down, breathing heavy, mouth wide open, nose looking very obviously broken, mentality, spirit almost looking very obviously broken. And then he comes into the third round and it's like that fire was just lit in him again. He at one point yelled, fuck you, and just landed a blasting shot into Paolo's face. I mean, it's everything you want in a fight, right? Unfortunately, the guy that I was going for, Luke Rockhold, I had to watch him lose and that sucks. But Highest to highest, lowest of lows in this sport, and I wouldn't trade a thing for the world. That man had an incredible career. An incredible career. To put it into perspective, Luke Rockhold fought some of the best middleweights of all time. Jacare Saza, Keith the King Amin Jardine, Tim Kennedy, Leoto the Dragon Machida, Chris the All-American Wideman, and Michael Bisping, just to name a few. And those are just the people that he's actually beaten. So again, thanks for the memories, thanks for the lessons, and thanks for always putting it all on the line, Luke Rockhold. I wish you nothing but success in your retirement from MMA, and no matter what the next chapter is, good luck. Now let's address the elephant in the room, aka Pelo Costa and where he sits right now in his UFC career. Since being signed to the UFC, he has six wins. All six of those opponents that he's beaten are either outside of the UFC at this point or retired. Not really the best wins not the best aging of the wins he has. Paolo Costa's only two losses in the UFC have come from the current champion, Israel, the last stylebender, Adesanya, and the man from Mordor himself, Marvin Vittori. So where does that actually end up putting Paolo Costa? Personally, I think it's time for him to fight somebody like a Jared Cannonier or a Derek Brunson. Again, let me know what you think of those matches in the comments section below. How do you think Paolo would actually do against a Derek Brunson? Or a Jared Cannonier for that matter? Now, moving into the main event of the evening. We had Kamaru Usman, aka Marty from Nebraska, going up against 
Leon Edwards, a.k.a. the man who's been disrespected longer than anybody in the sport, possibly. So, Leon fought his way from the bottom. They fought each other in 2015, I believe, uh, maybe 2016. Obviously, we know how that went. Usman dominated him with the wrestling. It was a pretty competitive first round, though. Um, but either way, the wrestling proved to be too much for Leon Edwards. Now, going into this match, it was a little bit of a different look, right? The first round, Leon Edwards, again, looked very competitive, looked great. Again, from there, uh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it wasn't that different of a look. Round two, round three, round four, we see Kamaru Usman, Marty from Nebraska, just dog walking Leon, wrestling him, pressuring him suffocating him but going into this match i heard a lot of talk and a lot of people saying that to win this fight leon edwards has to be absolutely perfect but kamaru he just has to go out there and perform the way he always does those people couldn't have been more wrong it was actually the opposite you see in this fight game you have to be perfect for the entirety of the match and if you're the challenger you really only need one moment of greatness in order to steal greatness from the person in front of you Kamaru was moments away from smashing records, smashing records of Anderson Silva, smashing records of GSP, and just really making himself have a real contender shot at the title of the GOAT of MMA. And all of that got washed away last night from one moment, one single second, one single misread. And don't for a second think that this was a fluke. I'm not saying it was a fluke, and you definitely shouldn't think it was a fluke. You see, Leon Edwards set that up, and he didn't just set it up in that round. He'd been setting it up for a lot of the fight. He'd land these one-twos, and he really made Kamaru respect the one-two coming in. So that way, when he actually threw it again, he threw the one, the two, and the second the two faint came, that leg was already rising. Kamaru leaned out of the way of the two, just in case he was going to end up following through with that. But instead, he was met with a foot slash shin to the face. Again, this sport has the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And it is literally the best sport in the freaking world. I love it. I'm sure if you're watching the channel, you probably love it too. Let's jump into the serious factors here. What is next for these men? Now, personally, I don't think that Kamaru should get the instant title shot, right? Was he winning the fight up until he wasn't? Absolutely. He got knocked out though. And it wasn't a flash knockout. It wasn't like, you know, it was 10 seconds into the fight. There were only like 50 seconds left in a 25-minute fight, and he got knocked out. So it happens. But he should have to fight his way back up, even if it's only one or two fights. And I also want to point out that Joe Rogan said, I feel like a couple of times throughout that fight, that it felt like Leon Edwards was admitting defeat or that Leon Edwards had gotten comfortable with losing a decision to Kamaru Usman. I love, love, love the fact that John Anik cut him off and said, that is not the cloth from which he is cut. And literally as Anik is saying those words is when that head kick fired out of Leon and just decimated Kamaru Usman. So absolutely amazing performance. Absolutely amazing performance. Sorry, I am all over the place due to excitement. Now, again, what is next for these gentlemen? Kumaru Usman should probably fight Hamzat. I think that'd be a really fun fight, a fight where the fans would win. And realistically, I feel like Kamaru thinks he's leaps and bounds ahead of Kamzat. I think Kamzat thinks he really stands a, a chance against Kamaru. I'm trying to see what happens in that fight. Now, as for the champion, do I think Jorge Masvidal deserves a title shot? Not a chance in hell. But I do think he deserves a good old-fashioned ass whooping in London. So... I say they take those boys to London and Leon beats the snot out of them for running up on him and shooting him with a couple of cheap shots that he then later dubbed the three-piece and soda. 
I honestly think Leon crushes that man in a real fight or in an MMA fight, as long as it's not a fight that he doesn't know he's going to have. So yeah, I got Leon versus Jorge uh, for his first defense. I think that's a fun defense, probably an easy defense for Leon, and I think one he'd be happy to participate in. And then I've got Hamzat Shamayev going up against Kamaru Usman. And again, I have to address the elephant in the room here. Kamaru Usman is one of the most professional athletes in the entire sport when it comes to cheating and faking nut shots I, I don't think there's anybody better i mean i saw him grab the fence at least three or four times in that fight last night and they weren't just oh i'm gonna grab the fence and rest on it they were i'm gonna grab the fence to stop you from taking me down or i'm gonna grab the fence to help me get back up once i've been taken down blatant fence grabs and the ref called fence grabs and other things like that on edwards but not once did he call it on usman and Usman tried to fake the nut shot right before getting knocked out. Just poetic. Just beautiful. So cheaters end up getting what's coming to them. And it happened. It happened. Um, either way, super exciting fight. Incredible card. Top to bottom. Even the early prelims were a lot of fun. If you didn't watch that card, highly recommend you go purchase the pay-per-view on ESPN+. Plus. Check out all the fights. And make sure, again, like, comment, subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. And... Make sure that you uh, let me know what I could be doing better, what you like, what you dislike, what you want to see more of, what you want to see less of. And as always, thank you so much for the support. I will see you next episode.